O M me. Hello, my children. Warning. Supernatural The Crossroads contains adult language and discussions. If you're easily offended, do not continue to listen. Welcome to Supernatural The Crossroads on Rain Man Digital Crossroads 003. I am your host, Thomas Cowley, and joined with me today is Ryan Denton. What up? And Michael Flores. Yellow. And today we are talking about Season 13, Episode 3, Patience. And this week we are introduced to our first official steps towards what will eventually be the backdoor pilot for Supernatural. Oh. Second attempt at a spinoff. We missed the hole. We missed the mark the first time. Oh. And so we're going at it again. So you're coming in the back door. We're coming in the back door. This time. Oh. We With- tried to come in the back door last time, but we just shot blanks. Oh. It's like 15 seconds into the show. I we know. And it, it was- wasn't even Ryan. I And I innuendoed, though. I didn't take it too far. <laughs> Great. It's a team effort. Good. Yay. Exactly. Well, most of these scenarios, you know what? I'm not going to go there. Yeah. Anyway, right known as Wayward Sisters. Yay. With the introduction of Patience. The return and sadly, the loss of Missouri Mosley after twelve wah, years. Wah, wah. Yeah, yeah, it was a sad one. At the hands of Robert Barons and Robert Singer, sons of bitches. <laughs> they're the ones responsible. It's their fault. Them sons of bitches. Hey, Robert, you want to bring a character back we haven't seen in ten years? Sure. We should kill her. <laughs> yeah, sounds great. That was the that was the uh, office that was politics that, that day. That was exactly yeah. It wasn't even politics. What if we just killed somebody we haven't seen in twelve? Well, years? there's this really big loose end. Let's just get rid of it real fast. Now that does kind of seem to be a little bit of what Dab is doing. Not killing off the loose ends, but coming back to things that other showrunners over the years have left unattended to. We've seen that throughout numerous times throughout season twelve. It's progressing into season 13 now. And for better or worse, we lost a, a character that I liked a lot. And if you guys are members of the Patreon uh, for Rain Man Digital and you saw the Crossroads episode we just did for season one, episode nine, Home, we talked just recently about this character. Right. It's like a month ago. Yeah, just about. Something like that. Where we talked about the potential she had and what we wanted to see from that and how things may have changed with the introduction of Ellen and Joe. And we finally get her back, and then she's gone again yeah. in record time. The jury's still out. Okay. The jury's still the, out. The jury is still out as far as whether or not she as a character is completely so, done, but her alive is Well, I mean, you know, there, there's a psychic link there that they can easily utilize yeah, to bring her Obi-Wan back. Her. Yeah, Obi-Wan Kenobi. They can do that. Why not? Supernatural 
I mean, Star Wars. I mean, let's just be honest. We didn't see her body either. I mean, same thing with Kane. There's still a change. Oh, come on. Just saying, we didn't see the death scene. So, like, believe in Kane. Yeah, that's Ryan's new shirt. It's gonna happen. He's all about things you can't see. Like, you know, like the the Chuck thing. Like, he just refused to believe it. Yeah. Well, dude, do you believe in the wind? Uh, uh, (laughs) No, no. I don't know what that is that hits my skin, but it's not wind. You know, I just, you know, it's just, uh, I need to see it. Wind's a manifestation of the government. It's your, it's your own mind. It's your, it's all in your mind, man. Psychological. Yeah. There's all kinds of psychological <laughs> drugs that make you think that there's wind, but there's totally not. Want to try some of this weed? <laughs> oh <my gosh. laughs> you know, I am glad, however, that because we're taking our steps towards the backdoor pilot and there is, there are people in the fandom who don't really necessarily care or they're not on board the entire wayward sisters brand as of yet mm-hmm. it was a good decision what the writers tr- ended up doing this week you first off using barons to be the one right uh, because he's already the one of the few writers on that team can, that can take an episode and make it multi-focused it's one of his specialties yeah this is something that barons always managed to do with his episodes almost every episode he writes is usually an episode that has parallel narratives. There's a lot of jumping around to different story arcs. Without it feeling jumbled. Know, disconjointed. Right. He does a great job with that. In fact, I think we first started noticing that. I want to say in what, season 10? Yeah. I think so. I think that was the episode where we really kind of, we realized like, wow, this is what Barons does well. He takes those multiple narratives and combines them into one episode and makes sure they fuse together and flow and he was the right choice for this episode because they're they're trying to lay down those those steps for the backdoor pilot. But at the same time, we don't want to take a step backwards on the main story. So they managed to also move the emotional aspect of this season forward as well with our with our three leads, which, which is Dean, Sam and, of course, Jack this year, which I think is a big lesson learned from the mistake that was bloodlines being let's make it mostly about these unknown characters that you are just supposed to trust us. They'll be interesting eventually. And Sam and Dean ended up falling into the foreground. I mean, people complained about them being window dressing for in season 12, but there was no better definition than bloodlines as far as that's concerned. No, that, that is full on. So, and in this episode, they did a great, like you said, a great job of moving the plot along, moving the character's development, especially with Jack and Sam's little bit. Yeah. And even Dean has a massive couple of moments where you you really get to see where his head's at right now. Yeah. yeah. And without I'm, taking away from that. And that's something I'm very happy with moving into the fourth episode now starting next week. And we haven't taken a step back yet from the emotional side. Like, yes, yeah. the, they took they took a backseat in terms of the main myth arc this year. With this episode, but they didn't give but us. But still a, got it moving. Still got Jack in and it too, though. Like exactly, and he is kind of yeah. that tie into the myth arc. But he's not only tied into the myth arc, but he's also tied into the emotional uh, growth of Sam and Dean this right. year as well. So to have that play out this week, I felt like that was kind of the icing, the icing on the cake for this week for those people that may or may not be one hundred percent sold onto the wayward sisters front and also got to remember not everybody understands there's a backdoor pilot you have to remember there's people not everybody who watches supernatural is on the internet despite what people think there's a lot of people that watch this show that are not on twitter they're not on facebook they're They're not not scouring reddit for discussions they're smart people 
Essentially, <laughs> they have. Uh, thanks, Ryan. Because they're not us. <laughs> Jesus Christ! No, they're smart people, man. They don't get into the oh into the spoilers the, and yeah, stuff. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I meant. She's calm. Okay, all right. I don't know. You were like he's, he's he was dude, trolling I, earlier. I was trolling, but I know how to tone it down for the show. All right. Jeez. When the when the mics go off, then I'm gonna rip into you again. Yeah. As soon as we go to the first break, person. it's over. <laughs> yeah. So you take into account that not everybody's on board in terms With of every just, article that hits EW, right? That's good that they're not trying to beat you over the head with it when they introduce this new character that is one of the leads for the backdoor pilot. Yeah, and I think that's, again, another lesson they kind of learned from Bloodlines, because if you weren't on the Internet paying as much attention as people even are now, I mean, that was four years ago. People were not paying as much attention to every article that comes out. Not every single thing was spoiled. So if you were watching Bloodlines and weren't up to date, you're like, what the fuck? You're like, um, is this supernatural? Because this it's the same fucking show? terrible. Yeah. yeah. It, and Maddie, one of our listeners, actually um, tweeted that out to me about a year after the episode aired and it went to Netflix. There were people who were confused, who went to Reddit asking, okay, what's the deal with this bloodlines? It felt really odd. Is there a purpose of this episode? Yeah. No. They weren't even aware it was supposed to be a backdoor pilot and they never even heard that it had already gotten canceled. Right. Which shows you the yeah. problems that episode had. And yeah. I think you're right. This is a good step away from learning from those previous mistakes right you're keeping it a part of the main story for the most part they kind of turned it into a monster of the week but it worked and we got everybody's favorite angel on their shoulder castiel not there well he could be there if you want him there i suppose (laughs) castiel makes his return which unfortunately we knew about and i i still hold that I mean, we went into this at length, I think, just last week, that if you no. didn't know every single bit coming out of it, this would have had a greater impact for a lot of people. Yeah. Because when I saw it, it, it does have that air of, oh, shit, where is he? And you have all these yeah. questions behind it. Can you imagine it. if you knew nothing? Exactly. That's oh, what I'm saying. so cool, dude. I knew that was happening, though. So I'm like, all right, here's the cast scene. Because even though we knew that that moment when Jack's eyes flicked the orange. Yeah. And... He was thinking about Castiel. I was like, I did get giddy. I was like, oh, this is going to be cool. Yeah. But, but and, if you didn't it, know, but, you but then did, I got wait mad. a minute. What? Yeah, because then I got mad. I was like, why? This should be so much more surprising if it wasn't for the internet ruining it. Right. Fucking internet. And that's the thing, because I, I do think about the other episodes where that kind of reveal has happened way back when I wasn't, you know, paying attention to every single yeah. thing online. And it, it would have had that same impact. Yeah. And unfortunately, well, it would have been shocking. And the thing well, is that scene, just like Mary Winchester coming back, did we yeah. did anybody know that she was coming back? No. So when that happened and Dean walked around the corner and went into that park or whatever that was, that little forest area, yeah. everybody was like, no, holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the thing is, do that that scene like I always the whole like all black and like that's just a striking scene because he's the only thing you focus on. Yeah. And yep. it's like if if that. If I didn't know that he was coming back, I'd have been like, oh, fuck. Like, yeah. I, I would have been an oh, shit moment. And it's like, I don't know, man. Why, when, when do we stop that? When do we ha- when do, when does that stop? You know, like I think we all have to try ourselves to not deliberately divulge not just, that information. It's well, not the problem just that. Is, is Everybody, too many people are assholes, dude. It's true. Well, hold on. It's not just the people who watch the show. It's the people who are writing it's the It's the people who are producing well, the show, too. Yeah. Everybody needs that edge. This is a fact. Everybody needs that edge of marketing. And social media has given so many shows 
a voice and a place to kind of promote yeah. their product. In years past, in order to promote a product, you have to go to David Letterman or Jay Leno. You have to be on you have the to be le- on, late show. And you have to be on their radar. Yep. Right. And if you're not on their radar, you don't really get your show out to people. There's no way for them to know your show exists. So now that we have this avenue that's awesome in so many ways to promote your product, unfortunately, you have a lot of producers dropping these clickbait via EW or their Twitter know, account, whatever yeah. it may be, some other magazine yeah. where they're trying to drop these headlines to promote their show. And unfortunately, because of that, they give away a lot of the story secrets that shouldn't yeah. be really revealed. And of course, we have the conventions where people talk and I'm not talking about supernatural conventions exclusively. I'm talking about all comic cons where you talk and you talk to the fans. They ask questions and you're on this you're you you're in this awkward position where I don't really know what I'm allowed to talk about. Yeah, what, what can I say? What has been released in the trailers? I don't right. really know. Is this something I can talk about? So you're in this even the actors are put in this awkward position where they're not really sure if they could should even comment on it. Yeah. It's just a strange thing that eventually I I have a feeling it's going to get ironed out because there will be a backlash with with these spoilers eventually. It always happens. Uh, it's already happening with Stranger Things. Uh, Stranger yeah. Things started a um, a an after show where they talk about it, and there's complaints that they're promoting their after show for a show that you have to binge watch as well on Netflix with still photos from the after show revealing Events plot in the points show. that you haven't even watched yet. Yeah, the show hasn't even been available for enough hours to watch it, and yet there's spoilers. Yeah, that Netflix is promoting. Yeah. So there's going to be a backlash eventually, and you're going to see it being pulled back. I think people are starting to get to that now. But even with that disappointment of knowing what was going to happen, it was very interesting to see Cass in that dark emptiness. You know, it it really does describe what Billy made us believe the empty could be. If this is the empty. We We don't know for sure what it is. If this is the empty. I could imagine that being it. This just formless void or is he somewhere else entirely it could due be a to butthole. jack's powers? I mean, we don't know I yeah mean, it could be inside dean we don't know <laughs> oh, 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 i'm sure the internet has already written that oh uh, let me write he, that he awoke in a dark man, cavern no. dean's like why does my god my butt hurts oh, oh my god ever since that day oh man this is a great fan fiction moment so anyways castillo when <laughs> angels die they actually go inside a human butthole and of course because of destiel he goes into dean's so he can be inside him like we all want him to be. For real. And only Jack can summon him. With Out his, of his butthole. With his sweet whispers. Oh. <laughs> like a dancing cobra. Castiel. <laughs> he must connect his yellow eye with the brown eye. Oh. <laughs> oh my god. Why do people listen to that? Dude, that dude, guy. I don't know why people my listen god, to this. Oh my god, man. Oh god. Oh man. That, oh. That's a yellow eye for a brown eye. Oh, the new show yellow on TLC. Brown makes pink. Yellow eye for the brown eye. That's <laughs> <laughs> like, like queer eye for the straight guy. Yeah. But Wait, it's, remember it's, that show? Yeah. yeah. Oh ch- my god. Anyway, stop. <laughs> Fuck. It's a real show. It's I a real don't show, care. Dude. I don't care. How about that? <laughs> I'm gonna make yellow eye for brown eye one too. Anyway, we have all that That's stuff. The new to shirt. Get... Oh, <laughs> Jesus god, god. I'm gonna text Bob right now. <laughs> Bob is like, I already got a design. Anyway. <laughs> We're going to get into all that discussion where Castiel is. Not like that. 
thought we just did. <laughs> Not I, like I, that. I thought we were. I th- hey, uh, Bar- <laughs> can we get Barons on the phone to confirm <laughs> this? Why can't you drop that on an EW article? Just breaking. Castile's actually in Dean's butthole. <laughs> <laughs> Give us That's, misinformation like that, right? And it's called the empty because Dean was recently on a cleanse. I mean, uh, <laughs> I mean he's on a juice cleanse. I mean, it all it all, it all makes sense. Oh my god! <laughs> See, if I was a producer or an <laughs> actor, oh if I was a producer or an actor for these shows, that's the type of spoilers I would drop. I would drop nonsense spoilers. It shit. would be complete nonsense. nonsense, dude. I would, I would follow that Twitter. Yeah, I would follow that Twitter for sure. My God, I would have Twitter just because of that. <laughs> that is amazing. Anyway, we're gonna get into all that horrifying stuff here in just a little bit. But first, of course, we've always gotten news. Supernatural's Alexander Calvert on relating to the Winchesters and the parallels between Castiel and Jack. In a recent Variety article, uh, uh, Alexander Calvert spoke about Jack as a character, where he's going, the whole concept of, you know, what is he? What does he want? Where is he going to go as a character? And a lot of the things that this, this whole season has the idea behind nature versus nurture that's said about in the second episode it's something i think anybody could pick up on way back with season 12 you know the morality of do you let this this creature come into being when it could be this powerful or do we pull the ripcord automatically and can't risk it you know we have a lot of that to look forward to and castiel is that a lighthouse for jack at this point to show what or was intended to be to show where exactly the moral standards should be, which I think is a little interesting of a concept in general, because Castiel's made a lot of mistakes in his life. Yeah, speaking about Metatron, a lot. He's, he's got to teach him something. Yeah, I, I think it's going to work. They keep saying though that there's parallels between Castiel and Jack, and all I'm seeing is parallels with him and Sam. At this time, yes. I think as far as character parallels go, it's Sam. Yeah. But as far as acting and portrayal goes, I do see a lot of Castiel. We talked yeah. about this yeah, in season yeah. one. Yeah. How he, into this new world, never having, you know, experienced candy and not knowing common phrases and not knowing how a flash right. drive works are very Castiel things. Even his face and, like, his expression reminds me of Castiel in seasons four and five. Yeah. And he he goes on to say that without... uh. Here's just a second. Jack explores the new world around him to how Castiel did when he first stepped foot onto Earth in the fourth season of Supernatural. Uh, I'm just trying to be truthful about what I think this could be like, says Jack in his exploration. Without Castiel to guide him, Sam and Dean have stepped in. Although Sam is the one actively trying to help Jack, Calvert shares that he thinks his character feels a connection to both brothers equally. And... I can, it, it, there's a lot of, and this is something I don't understand. I'm going to get a little bit mean, I guess, to okay. some fans. There's a lot of discussion I've seen that people don't understand what Dean's doing. Why is he being so mean to Jack? Why is he acting this way? You know, why can't <laughs> sorry, he be just, nice kind of thing? And I'm like, dude, because. Can, Jack, I answer, can I answer that? Can I answer that? No. <laughs> while, while Jack is the son of Lucifer and models some of his personality after Castiel, to me, he's so much more of an amalgamation of Sam and Dean's beliefs in themselves, abilities, what they believe to be true in some ways, because there is so many parallels between Sam, 
But just as Dean has always harbored this almost self-loathing hate for himself, a lot of that you can see in Jack from what Dean said. Now, there is the surface level of that's what Dean told him. He's a monster. He's going to kill him. But I can't help but feel like it's a little obvious that they're having these parallels drawn because these are things that Dean has thought himself. I mean, go back to season nine and ten where the first blade in the Mark Cain. He wanted nothing to do but just kill himself and die because he knew he'd hurt people. And, just, and Jack's in the same boat in a lot of ways. I just think, dude, like, I, I can completely understand where Dean's coming from. And, and I think the thing that that amazes me is that in the last 13 years, people have forgotten all the shit that the brothers have, have been gone through. through. And it's like, look, dude, it's it's not unreasonable for, A, Dean to have gone through everything that he's gone through in the last 13 years to not be skeptical of a character or a, or a person, whatever you want to call him, that essentially can be more powerful than lucifer and the risk that comes with that it's okay for dean to be skeptical okay Uh, you know and 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 we all know that dean can be a dick and that's what he's going to be in this situation i just think that you know for people to not quite understand dean's logic here it really doesn't make sense to me no i think they understand his logic i just think that he's they don't like it yeah they don't like that he's acting that way which i understand it is harsh you know and that's but the that's the point that's how far Honestly, he's gone now. And, and I know it's too early to start blowing this season. We're only three episodes in, but that is the genius of this season. In just three episodes, uh, it's very, very philosophical. They're, it's very deep what they're doing yeah. with Sam, Dean, and Jack. And we haven't had something this deep that's innervated so tightly into the main season arc like this in a very long time. I'm not saying there hasn't been emotional strings that they tug. I'm not saying that at all. Supernatural always manages to deliver the feels, but this is something very different. There's, it's almost, it's almost an introspective into themselves through Jack, Dean and Sam are analyzing their past actions and seeing a little bit of themselves and maybe not even liking what they're seeing, Yeah, but we're jumping way ahead. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Way ahead. Uh, The last little bit here, I think kind of shows that Alexander Calvert's on the right point though he says what's interesting to me is each episode is each episode is looking into who i relate with more in some episodes i really relate to sam and in others i relate to dean kind of imitating dean and how he eats and how he drinks a beer there's a little bit of that moments where you kind of see yourself in both parents he's trying to figure himself out he says he has a lot of empathy for sam and he really relates to dean as well because he sees how the loss of dean's mom has really affected dean Sam is pushing forward and hoping for the best, but Dean is really reeling in these few episodes. And I think, honestly, that's the big thing that I feel like a lot of people aren't getting because canonically, this has only been four days or so, a week at most, since the first episode. We've gone through three weeks. The characters have gone through less than one or one at most. Mm -hmm. That's a lot of shit to try and process with a character we know is not good at that in the first place and we know has undergone has had all kinds of abandonment issues and wants to save everybody and he this is his biggest moment of failure. Yeah. He's lashing out. Well said. I don't understand why some people don't get that. I understand what you were saying Mike and I agree some people don't like seeing our favorite characters be dickheads or become the bad guy in some ways. But I think we have to take a step back and realize what's the story we're trying to tell and why are they doing that? And you got to remember, Dean's not being mean to Jack. He's 
being mean to himself in a lot of ways. He doesn't want to make the same mistakes. Yeah. He doesn't want to go through this again. How many times do we let certain things slide? And, and it then, costs us. Yeah. He's just reacting to things that literally, like you just said, happened three or four days ago. And he hasn't had a, a, a t- time to really discuss it and talk it out and work with it. Uh, the psychology of it all, I, I think, makes a lot of sense in the time frame that we're in. Yeah, I agree. So with that, guys, we're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to get into our discussion about Season 13, Episode 3, Patience. The Crossroads video cast is here. Retrospective reviews, discussions, theories, and geek outs. Plus, a Wayward Daughters edition, all available when you pledge $10 or more a month to our Patreon account. Same show, just more of it. Head over to patreon.com slash Digital to pledge. Politic 3 program is reinstated. Open sesame! Now, I even had someone troll me on our Star Trek from the Holodeck Facebook page, David. Okay. Somebody trolled us. Yay, we have a troll. Yeah, and the guy says, so sad that Star Trek is no longer family friendly. And my response was right to the point. I said, yeah, because Captain Kirk having sex with anything that moves and Tasha Yar (laughs) having sexual relations with an artificial life is all about strong family values. And not to mention Reginald Barkley's masturbatory sessions he had in the holodeck while he's fantasizing about every female on the Enterprise. I was a child going through hormonal issues watching Deanna Troy and the Betazoid wedding. I was a grown man going through hormonal <laughs> problems watching Voyager. Star Trek from the Holodeck, the Discovery Edition. Breaking down, analyzing, and discussing every episode of the new hit Trek series. Search for it on iTunes and Stitcher. Simply search from the Holodeck. You can also find it on the Rainman Digital app. Just search Rainman Digital from the iTunes App Store or Google Play. All right, so get more supernatural with the Patreon video cast here. Retrospective reviews, discussions, theories, geek outs, plus a Wayward Sisters edition coming in November. So head over to patreon.com slash Digital and pledge. Get involved. More Supernatural delivered to your ear holes. Have you ever wanted something so bad that you do just about anything for it? Well, that's exactly how we feel about you. That's right. AdamandEve.com wants you so bad. We're giving you 10 free gifts with your first order. You heard me right. That's 10 free gifts to spice up your love life. First, you'll get a sexy surprise for her. Second, an adventurous toy for him. And third, a little something we know you'll both enjoy. Plus, you'll get six full-length adult movies on DVD. And number 10, free shipping on your entire order. That's 10 free gifts for you shy types who've never tried Adam and Eve before. 
Just go to adamandeve.com and select any one item. It could be an adventurous new toy, a sexy piece of lingerie, or anything you desire. Just enter offer code DEAL30 at checkout and you'll get all 10 free gifts, including free shipping. That's offer code DEAL30. That's D-E-A-L-30 at adamandeve.com. The Rain Man Show. The Rain Man Show. A woman has shot herself while using Snapchat. <laughs> Rightfully so. Rightfully so. Please tell me she's dead. Oh, <laughs> Jesus. Hey, I second that. I second that. No, if you're stupid enough to take a selfie with a gun that has live ammunition in it. Yes. And it goes off. Darwinism. Well, they took the gun filter away, so she had to use a real gun. <laughs> but foolishly playing with her uncle's 40 caliber pistol when she pulled the trigger and shot her cell phone. Unfortunately, she's Forty caliber is not a small rat. Powell suffered What's going on over there? I'm just Snapchatting, Dad. I'm just Snapchatting. Come on, quantum leap song. I'm trying to find out how your Snapchat gets home. Please hurry up with the Snapchat, Debbie. She came. (laughs) For more Rain Man, visit RainManShow.com. Previously on Supernatural The Crossroads. That some other scenes have felt like earlier in season 12. Yeah. It felt like a more real fight. It felt like how you'd actually fight. You'd pick that dude up and you'd throw him. I just think that all the ladies got really jealous of that that stunt actor. That got to get straddled (laughs) in between Jensen's legs. Nah. They're like, oh my god. Oh, please put a ball gag as well. Play with douche ball gag. (laughs) Of course. Did. Yeah, we, we had to ruin it. We went 20 minutes way too serious. I know. Yeah. And then Ryan's like, all right, we're going to break this down. I had to come in like a wrecking ball. <laughs> oh, God, I hate are you. Na- are you naked? Yes. Are you naked? That's where you, you need that Absolutely. song drop just ready. L- licking the chain. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> You're so gross. I know. Whatever. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> now we got to do that promo shot for our next episode. We do. <laughs> do it. I, will get, I don't know if I'll get naked. I won't be getting naked. Do it. Don't, oh, be, a, on, don't be a pussy. Partially naked. Partial mood. All, all or nothing. Wow. Cross channel. Okay, Andrew. <laughs> there it is. Yeah, this is my jam right here. Mm. I can see Ryan doing that. Hell yeah. We're gonna be, it's honestly horrifying that he's going to grease me up. We're, we're having a serious conversation about, you know, high quality production yeah, work. The difference between the bare knuckle fighting and some, you know, boxing style yeah. from earlier episodes. Yeah, gritty camera blocking. A stunt coordinator, and then coordinator out of knowing, nowhere, knowing his uh, his marks. I came in like a wrecking ball. <laughs> that guy was straddled in Dean's legs. He was up against his penis. All the girls got wet, wet. He knows the song. Of course, I know the song, dude. God, why do you gotta ruin shit? <laughs> <laughs> because hit the drop. <laughs> yep. Why do you gotta ruin shit? Because just walk away. I will. Wow, Ryan really does know this. Dude, he knows the whole song. I think we found his new karaoke at the next oh con. I'll do God, this song. Yes, at the next Look, convention, yes, I will please. fucking do this song, and I will destroy everyone. <laughs> I wish I had a camera right now, just on 
at all times. All you ever did was break me. Welcome back, everyone. Supernatural The Crossroads. Now we're going to get into our discussion of Season 13, Episode 3, Patience. Ryan, do you have the synopsis? I sure do for you, Thomas. Thank you. When a wraith begins feeding on psychics, Missouri Mosley reaches out to Dean and Jody to protect her estranged granddaughter, Patience Turner, from being the next victim. Meanwhile, Sam attempts to teach Jack how to hone his powers. I almost read how to bone his powers. We all know where your brain's Simple at. Simple Jack. <laughs> <laughs> penis. Simple Jack's penis? Yeah. It's a, oh, it's Jesus. It's very simple. It's penis. <laughs> Dude, we got some new drops. I love it. So we had the... I came in like a wrecking ball. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Oh, one way. That's, That's what good. you're going to get to look forward to eventually with karaoke with Ryan. I will kill that song. I'm just saying. <laughs> now, we finally got to see the return of Missouri Mosley. And unfortunately, as we mentioned earlier in the show, we also saw her untimely death in just what I think the runtime was less than 15 minutes. Yeah, it really was short. We also saw Jack and Sam get more into the stuff that we had talked about the last two episodes, how there are so many parallels between the two characters, stuff that I think were relatively obvious for people paying attention throughout the show, but they really just kind of said it all here. It was interesting to see Sam and Dean's arguments in this episode be so much of what we had said over the last two weeks as to where these characters are going, how much Jack and Sam are alike and what they share. The conundrum that Dean Dean finds himself in without really realizing it yet, because this is the exact same scenario he was in before, except at this time, he's the one holding the shotgun in season five when those two hunters shot Sam and Dean. He's that guy now. And is he so angry that he won't see that or can't see that? Or is he going to eventually come around? Is this anger and grief deliberately keeping Jack at arm's length because of the reality that he may have to be the one? Not that he possibly could. We don't know the complete potential of a Nephilim. But the one who tries to put Jack down, he sees him as this evil character. And I think in this episode... Sam and Dean's interactions and Sam and Jack's interactions for me were the absolute highlight of this episode because they were so much of what we've been talking about for the last two seasons. And I know Mike was saying we kind of don't want to get into blowing the season just yet, but there are so many, you know, nuances to these arguments. They're not black and white on one side or the other. And I frankly, I think anybody who takes, oh, Jack's just a nice guy. You can't be mean to him stance or that they think dean is being mad they are not really processing where the characters are coming from right and to me this is a great example of narrative decisions driving the plot rather than just happenstance because the reason jack is doing certain things the reason he's even reaches out to castiel at the end of this episode is directly due to what sam and dean do around him their arguments different ideologies coming into play and the fact that dean I mean, when you really think about it, yes, Jack is a nice kid, but we don't know what he's capable of. And the risk that they take by letting Jack live or go uncontrolled or do what he wants on just trusting him, you are risking all of humankind, potentially all of reality, 
and this on kind this of one kid and faith to have that when Dean at this moment has zero faith in anything because yeah. God has abandoned them. And I don't understand why some people don't see they this as being a little it. bit more reasonable from his perspective. I think the idea is to get people thinking and people are going to have different views on what they are Thing. I think that's the the cool thing about TV shows like this in general is that it's it's a bit interpretive based on you know subjective and how they grew up and I think that's the cool part about everyone this. can identify with it in their own way right and that's the cool thing about this season we haven't had a season like this in a very long time uh, the fact that he's struggling with the notion that Jack can or can't be saved. Uh, he views Jack as this evil person, as you were saying. And it, does that mean he's going to be like his father? Which is also a very interesting element uh, when you just take that alone. It's something very relatable in real life. Uh, there is that uh, philosophical angle asking these questions. Do we take the life of an individual because he may potentially be a threat? The minority but report. Isn't right. Exactly. And that isn't that, isn't that the go-to question the ethical question where they ask you if you could go back in time, would you put Kill a Hitler. bullet? Would you put a bullet in 12 year old Hitler? Hell yeah. These are the questions they're asking. These are deep, dark, realistic questions. This is something that I can get on board with this season. We haven't asked these type of questions in a very long time. Yeah. This is the reason why I gravitated to Supernatural. These type of realistic, dark themes, dark questions that are making you ask the hard questions. Will Dean put the bullet in Jack? Will it be justified if he does? I mean, to this Could day... Could you do it despite not wanting to if you had to? Yeah. Judging others based on the actions. Judging Somebody, based on the actions of others, are we responsible for the sins of our fathers? That is a question going on right now within our country, dealing our culture. with our culture, dealing with social, political topics. Are we responsible for the sins of our fathers? These are very real questions. And this is why I was giddy this week when I was watching this, because I'm looking at all the little things that the not the things that aren't overt. I'm right. looking at the. The little nuances to the writing that is trying to nudge our nudge the audience into areas that they can start questioning and taking sides. This type of season is the type of season that will draw a line in the sand and you're going to see the audience taking sides. It's being done purposely. Absolutely. And I, I agree. I think you're right. We haven't seen this kind of moral ambiguity questions about being and and philosophy i would think since perhaps season six was the last time i really remember it where we had castiel i would agree doing the wrong things for the right reasons and making deals with the devil quite literally in order to bring about what he wanted good guys and angels are the lines are skewed sam is soulless but he does good things but he costs other people you know that was a when you look back on top of all the other things that season six had that it, it mishandled, that moral ambiguity was one of those things they brought up. And then since season seven, it's been very clear as to where the black and white lines are. Season seven was perhaps the most black and white lines. There was nothing redeemable about Leviathans as a villain. There was no, I could see it from their perspective like you could with Lucifer. They were just this this monster. Well. And 
even seasons eight, nine, and ten had you know relatively this is good and this is bad. Well, well the thing is, the thing is, Carver's run had a lot to do, especially the earlier two seasons. He delved into some interesting topics as well, dealing with PTSD and the ramifications oh, yeah. and how you live with it and how you deal with it and how you move on. So go ahead, Ryan. What are you gonna say? Uh, I'm just gonna say. First thing is, I wouldn't go back and shoot twelve year old Hitler. I just make his dad pull out. Oh. Two that see that <laughs> now that's thinking right. I, that's I mean, sometimes thinking. I come up with a good idea. Don't two, allow Hitler's dad just, to yeah. take Lorraine to the enchantment no, under no. the sea dam. No, 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 no. What you do is you <laughs> just make sure that Hitler was a blowjob and not actual having oh, sex. You can't get pregnant through blowjob. No, no. Oh. Well, from what I know, I've never had one. Um, but uh, what it's penis? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> two. The thing with the thing that that people need to understand and and. and and you guys made great points about the parallels and everything in this episode. But the thing that people need to understand is that Jack has the odds stacked against him on who he is. Absolutely. He, he is Lucifer's child. Okay. Now, in the last, I mean, this entire story has been based around, for, 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 for the lack of a better word, Lucifer being the big bad of the entire show. Right. And now you've got a child from Lucifer. Like, you cannot blame Dean for being so. For the lack of a better word, a very asshole. But, but the fact of the matter is, is dude, he, he Jack has all these odds stacked against him on who he is, who his father is, um, the power that he can wield. And I think and obviously we don't even know what that limit is, if there is a limit. Right. So I think the, the fact of the matter is, is that I, we need to cut Dean a little bit of slack on being very defensive. I like it. I like it, too, because, yeah. dude. I, because I, I, I get he, both sides. First off, and I know I'm going to take some some heat, I'm going to take some heat right now. Uh, oh. But Dean sometimes he sometimes borders on the line of being a hypocrite. I, I agree. I, I agree. Meaning, meaning Sam and Sam can do one thing. And it and I don't want to say hypocrite in a in a ne- as a negative per se. I think a lot of us are hypocrites when it comes to our family. Everyone is. There are oh, um yeah. there are definitely what's the word I'm looking for? Parallels? No. Uh, I scales. Uh, you're wait, just shaking spoons. both hands. Uh, bolts. What are you doing? Sand. Ba- I, I don't know where you're going. <laughs> Double standards. Double standards. There, there, okay. wow. I think most of well, us. You suck at charades. Samsonite. I wasn't even close. <laughs> I, I think most of us can agree that there's double standards when it comes to our family. And that's something that very much Dean struggles with. And maybe hypocrisy wasn't the right choice of words. Maybe double standards. And we see it all the time. He's he's willing to give Sam the benefit of the doubt. He's willing to give Castiel the benefit of the doubt. He's willing to give his mother the benefit of the doubt, but nobody else for the most part, unless they become blood. They become that they have that they create that bond, that family bond. And I absolutely love what the writers are doing with it. There are they're putting Sam and Dean not in a position that Carver put them in where they yeah. were at each other's throats and they pretty much disliked each other for a couple of years. This is different. This is opposing ideology. And that's why it's so good. I don't think we've seen that kind of argument, an ethical argument between the brothers yeah. before like this. Yeah. Yes, we've had one-off episodes where we discuss whether or not we put a bullet in this bad or good monster. Right. But an entire season revolving around that question. And also, I mean, take a step back for a moment put this entire question into perspective. Dean wants to go against the very theme of what Supernatural is about. destiny. And free will. Right. Is not Jack entitled to the same thing they were? Free will? Right. 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 
But at the same time, I can completely understand where Dean's at. And I know some people I know some people have said, oh, they're you know, he's too angry. They're they're it's overplayed or it's over dramatic, him being like a baby about this stuff. But at the same time, I'm like, think about where he's coming from right now. Again, this has been a week and he's lost everyone in one day. Think about the fact that these are different ideologies. How many people do you know get absolutely filled with venom when you disagree with them on whether it's politics or religion? Oh, dude, they... Or if you watch the pre-show, fucking Xboxes I wasn't, versus I PlayStation. Wasn't, wasn't that people angry. get so angry about all kinds of this is my line in the sand. This is where I stand. And if you disagree with me, you're the enemy. And this is a mild case of Sam and Dean playing that story to its fruition i love it plus uh, i yeah. love it i think he's absolutely within his right especially it's, it's, with the things with that have gone is, on just yeah. thought-provoking writing and the biggest part that you have to consider what if he's what if sam what is, is wrong yeah this kid has the ability to with a sneeze wipe out all See, existence I, can you risk that he might be a good guy with that i, I is agree. that any but but that's the thing is like if we want to say there's the team free will, which is where Dean right. comes from, which is why I think as time goes on, he will come around. And I think Castiel's return will pay a, play a big role in that. But from the other side of that coin, you, this is something you can't just gamble with on. I hope he's yeah. nice. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I agree, Thomas. The thing is, and, and, and you guys can and, you know tell me if I'm wrong, but I feel like Sam needs a win. Like. And, and what I mean by that, I just feel like he needs to to really have something. He needs Evil Ruby to come back. Oh, now that'd be a win. That'd be a win. That'd be a fucking win in my book. <laughs> First version, Ruby. Oh, hey, I'm back for no reason in this vessel. I, I would be okay with it. Like I, I would just be like, God damn, back. Yes, I'm gonna be in my room, guys. Oh, I'm gonna be in my penis. bunk. <laughs> but no, like I, I feel Are you like be touching your penis. No, and maybe flicking it's penis. I don't flick my mouth. because what? you're it's not a bean. simple jack. Oh, wow. <laughs> I told you never come in my room when I'm vacuuming. Um, no, I think. <laughs> yeah, I get it. That's going to be a drop for next week. Oh, great. Can't wait. Uh, hopefully it's a song. No, I, I think um, I just think that Sam, you know, I, I get both sides. And that's what's so great what's about like, the story. Yeah, exactly. And I think, you know in the end there is no there's no right or wrong exactly dude. there is no makes it so tough to argue there about. is like, no right or wrong uh, there it's subjective it's subjective their ideology is subjective based on emotions sam's reasoning is coming from the fact that he has actually been there he was jack yeah. he was labeled as a monster there were hunters their own community their friends were willing to put a bullet in his head and in fact they blew a shotgun into his shell chest. right into yeah. his chest yep. so it's very emotionally subjective dean is going through the motions based on his experience and what he's been through the last few days last few years well i'm just talking about in the last 4 days no, so I know. much has happened that's been so much and i think you have to look at the whole it's it's harder to do as the show goes on, but we got to look at Dean as a character throughout the show. He's the same guy who killed Sam's friend who was trying to get dead body corpse. She was a monster in season oh, seven yeah. yep. to keep her son alive. He yeah. killed her. Right. He killed an entire family and the kid who was relatively innocent. But he changed from the Stein family in season 10. He also changed his way of thought after he had pro replacement Castiel in Purgatory. Replacement love. 
Replacement love, dude. <laughs> Sometimes you got to have some replacement love. But yeah. that's the thing is that he has done Purgatory things. love. Yeah, he has yeah, done yeah. things like unspoken. this before. That's the unspoken kind of love. And we also have to remember, Sam believes that mom is alive and or she made the decision and he's moved past it. Dean is not that well-rounded emotionally. He is not the guy who can just rationalize, you know what, emotions, this is how she would have wanted it this way. Dean is one of those people, is like, as he says in the show, don't quote me to me. He's always right when he's doing it in his mind. And anybody else who's even doing the same thing is wrong. He's a hypocrite. But then again, I think that's what makes him human. So many of us know that person or ourselves yeah. are that person when it comes to certain things. Everyone's a hypocrite in some way or shape or form. It just happens, dude. It, yeah. And I think we have to look at that as a whole element to his person as to why he's in the place he is. I do agree with you, Ryan. I think Sam does need a win because Sam has been through this shit. And he, I think he had a win. He's the one who like he became a leader. He's the one that lost his soul. He's becoming all no, I'm talking about last season. Oh, last yeah, season yeah, yeah. was Sam's redemption. I mean he had And he's still taking that. He's still yeah. moving forward. I think that was the start of him being a leader. And he's very I think well grounded right seeing now. Seeing him stand up to Dean in this way that this was season uh, that needed to happen. Furthers that. He needs that little bit of distance between his brother's approval and his own actions. And I think with Jack, because we've said he identifies with him so much, if he can save Jack, it proves that he was worth it, too. No matter what, and despite stopping the apocalypse, Sam doesn't believe he was worth it 100%. We see it at the end of season eight where that you know heartfelt moment where he feels like he let his brother down. He has a lot of baggage himself. He just carries it better than Dean does. Mm-hmm. And that's why I love so much about this whole argument, because you're right. There is no right side on this. All it takes is for Jack to have a bad day and Dean's right. All it takes for Sam to be right is to give Jack a chance. The risks on both sides are great. And that's why we have this conundrum. And and you're right. This is something that Supernatural hasn't had us ask these kind of questions in a long time. And I kind of get frustrated by people's being so antagonistic yeah. towards each other with this. Yeah, but I think right. at the same time, it's good because we haven't had Let's not. the show ask these kind of questions. Yeah, I don't really care what other people are saying. Like, it's about what the writers are doing. Yeah. So if people want to argue about Dean and Sam. And who cares? Let's not even bring it up anymore. It's like this negative. You know what I mean? It's just focus on what the writers are doing because that's what matters. I think it's a good setup. Yeah. I think I think that it makes us have these questions. Like you said, a line in the sand is uncharted territory for us for quite some time. I think it's good. Yeah, I love it. I, I mean, love what they're doing. I absolutely am enjoying watching it. I mean, these, I mean, they're just taking a page from Supernatural. That's exactly what Dab and Barons are doing this season and specifically with this episode. They're borrowing familiar notes of Supernatural, you know, themes. And they're utilizing it to craft this season as well as this episode. These are the types of questions that should be asked. These are the types of questions that were asked and the earlier seasons when they were very deep, deep stories emotionally. Yeah. And I think some of these questions are going to have a serious effect on Jack's character as we've already started to see. I mean, we know what Dean said to him has had a dramatic impact on him from the end of episode two to this episode today or not today, this week. And we know the interesting thing is the parallels to Lucifer that you can draw. Lucifer felt abandoned by his father in some ways, and that was part of the spiral for his character. 
Jack is abandoned by a lot of people. And I could see Dean's anger towards him or this resentment towards him leading him down that darker road. Could Dean's very actions solidify the thing he fears the most. Exactly. I brought this up, I think, last week during our show. It, it reminds me of the classic arch nemesis between the arch nemesis setup between Superman and Lex Luthor. And certain stories, you have Superman being this ultimate good. Yes. Yeah. However, his his ideology, he believes so fiercely in his ideology and black and white that sometimes he, in some stories, he has pushed Lex Luthor back and pushed him into the darkness because he refused to accept him and believe that right. he could be good. So rather than believing that he could be good, he ends up making the very enemy he ends Create up having to fight. Villain. And this is the type of setup I see happening with with Jack. I don't want it to happen, but I can see us dangerously getting close to that. The fact that Dean is relentlessly attacking Jack and what he's going to do it's it's physically and psycho it's psychologically hurting Jack. It is yeah. bothering him. We saw last week that he was stabbing himself, which was one of the most darkest, so morbid, dude. one of the most darkest things, most morbid yeah. things we've seen in Supernatural in a very, very long time. And it just brings up a lot of real to life, relatable scenarios. Um, we, we know kids are in abusive homes. And I know this is I'm not saying Dean's abusive, but the, this is an allegory for that. There was a lot of playing around with things this week. Yep. And you have to take a step back and realize that these ramifications can permanently affect individuals. And I, I honestly see that happening. However, we did see Jack take another approach. I thought he was going to bolt. I thought he was going to do an angel one on one maneuver and just fly out of there. But. Instead, we saw in a very emotional, which we it seems like Jack during heightened emotions is when he can activate his power. Right. And these heightened emotions and the, the, the self-hatred that no doubt he's starting to feel is what presumably either A, brought Castile back to life or B, beckoned Castile in some way. Yeah. Those are the big questions, I think, that were that we were left hanging on towards the end. Yeah, and I, again, I think that will, with Castile returning, I think that'll be a big play into Dean as a character. And this season, will that allow him to see some good or some potential in Jack? Or will he feel like that that shows the power that this kid possesses and that cements his ideology about Jack even more? It's so good. You know? It's such a if great you bring setup. an angel back, what, I mean, that this is something that probably shouldn't have happened. Does that show the potential this kid just on a whim can do something that God, him, you know, has only done once yeah. bringing Castiel back twice? I mean, did he bring him twice? I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. Twice. When did he die a second time? Well, he, so let's see. Season remember. four to five. Leviathan, right. He never died. He blew from that. Up. It was weird. Anyway, I, I, all I know is that God officially brought him back, according to Star Wars Wiki. Star Wars Wiki. Star Wars. Star Wars. Why yeah. is he on that? Hey guys, you we're in Star what? Wars right now. Uh, way off. Never mind. He's I was a Jedi. Looking, I was looking at the wrong wiki. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. No, according to the Super Wiki, he was brought back, I believe, twice. Um, I believe at the end of season five. Right. Uh, end of season four. No, end of season five when Lucifer snapped his Oh, fingers. you're right. Twice. Yeah. yeah. Both because Raphael destroyed him at the end of season four to five into five. And then God. Oh, he brought him back three times then. 
because of the Leviathan fiasco too. So I, was that ever confirmed that he well, died from that? Was, <laughs> was that you like uh, That wasn't me. That was, was that, not was me. That you or Ryan. No, nope, wasn't me. <laughs> he, he like uh, <laughs> He got really excited. It was Arnold for a moment. Yeah. I talked to him too fast there, apparently. He was channeling his inner Arnold there. <laughs> I, I, for once, it wasn't me. <laughs> was that ever confirmed uh, that let, he died from that? Let me Google it really fast. Yeah. yeah, Google that. But, I mean, that is the question as to what will Castiel's return do for Dean as a character as well? Will that help him bring him out of this dark place for right yeah. now? See, th- th- Which, now, what did you, how did you interpret that when Jack, because my initial thought was, okay, Castiel was someplace where angels go. And then I thought, okay, Jack has managed to do a lot of strange things during heightened emotion. Did he somehow actually open or create some type of angelic afterlife? Did he beckon and call Castiel back into existence? See, I think that's the questions that are going to have to be has to be answered. Have dude. to be answered. Well, how did you interpret that? I what... interpret it as the empty as of right now. We've I've had the question for a long time. I said this on Twitter a couple of weeks back. What happens to angels and demons once they are killed? What is the everyone goes someplace post post afterlife afterlife? Yeah. For these creatures, is there one? Do they just cease to exist? How does that work? Is the empty the answer to that? Because of the darkness, because of the void, because of how it was portrayed, and because of the events of season 12 with Billy the Reaper, I'm inclined to believe that it is the empty that he is pulling him back from. But I really don't know, because that could be anything. That could be as much as a new reality as far as we know. Okay, I have Castiel's death here. Okay, Okay, first time he died was Raphael. And he was resurrected by God. Right. Okay, then we have the second time. He was exploded by Lucifer. And Swan Song, right? Right, and brought back by God. Two. Third time, the Leviathans. He imploded from the effects of acting as the vessel to all Leviathans, resurrected by God. Three. Okay, so they do claim he was resurrected by God. Yeah. Because I remember him just showing up at the river and and some woman found him. Down by the river. Down by the river. In a van down by the river. (laughs) Castiel is down by the river. Uh, Yeah, so in both wikis, there's two of them that are are the bigger wikis, and both of them confirm and say the same thing. Right. But, okay, going back to what you said, Thomas, like, that's kind of where I'm going. I don't know if that's just way too metaphysical for this show. Yeah. But did Jack just poof something into existence? Is he that powerful? And that's scary, and that's, that's very, very dangerous scary. if they do that. That's it's very dangerous in terms want, of writing. Did he it's, want Castiel to come back to life, and therefore he brought him back, but within this pocket dimension? Right. And somebody is, some people have asked, even in our own chat room, about why does he look like Jimmy Novak? Well, because that's the only image of him that, that Jack that has. Jack has yeah. Well, no. So is that? No, God gave him that vessel as a permanent vessel. He, he gave him that vessel as, as a reconstructed permanent vessel at that time it's no longer novak it's vessel it's just the vessel essentially yeah it's a meat suit with nothing in it but is jack bringing back that essentially a condom yeah it's a castiel condom yeah is is jack bringing back that vessel along with the angel itself because that's the only thing he's seen of him so he can he create an entire vessel an entire entity based on thought like or is this something to do with Billy the Reaper and unknown, unforeseen consequences on a cosmic scale? Yeah. 
And and the it, fact that I can ask these many questions is rather fantastic. than rather awesome. than last year's and I'm going to get a little down on oh. it, but rather than last year's not sure where we're going with oh, things. Oh come on! This is the best way to have questions this early in the season yeah, because I was there's so much to potential. Rework things. Let's give him a break. No, Let's give him a break. No, <laughs> he was trying to fix things. All right, he was trying to get it up, fix it, oh. and do it right. No, but these are serious, in-depth questions that we need to fucking answer sooner than later, and I'm excited to know. I agree. Yeah. I think it's and fantastic that we're even that we're even speculating. We yeah. haven't speculated in a long. It's, a, it's been a long like, time since we've done this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At, at least a year, I think. Yeah, and that's the thing is that regardless of the missteps of twelve, I think Dab and the team have definitely found their way. This year, it definitely feels like they know where they're going. They know what they want their character arcs to be, which is huge. Yeah. I mean, that's the central element to Supernatural as to why we come back all the time is the characters. And it's knowing, always it's always about them. And it's got to always be about them. Always. And knowing where these motivations come from, from an emotional level and these philosophical questions is a great way to move into a new season. Yeah. I mean, it's it's pretty damn good. Yeah. It's pretty damn good. I'm not gonna lie. I'm pretty. Di- I'm really stoked. You're pretty damn stoked. I'm pretty. You were gonna say it. I'm pretty damn stoked. Pretty damn erect. Right I don't. Now. I don't. I can only get so hard. <laughs> my, vocab- my vocabulary is very uh, limited. Limited. Simple Jack. <laughs> Simple Mike. Yeah. <laughs> Oh God! All right, so guys, also don't forget that we do do supernatural. The you cross do. we do do <laughs> supernatural. The crossroads do, do. video cast. Do, do. If you head on over to Patreon.com/slash Rainman Digital, you can pledge for just ten dollars a month. Be a patron, and you will get additional episodes of Supernatural: The Crossroads, where we do these exact same episode breakdowns all the way back, starting with season one, episode one, as well as in-depth reviews. On other topics, whether it's season six mishaps or the Wayward Sister show coming up in November. And doo doo. And doo doo. <laughs> That's a drop. We do that all the time. <laughs> we might. Dude, I if, swear to God, that if, voice if, in the background of that song sounds like Mike. If this season continues, if this continues, we're going to look like assholes. If this season continues the way it's going, we're going to have to retire this song. I, I, I don't want to retire it. We're going to have to retire it. We're going to have to retire it. Get it up, get it up. I don't want to retire it. No, I don't either. It's great. We might have to. I hope not. I think it's just Dab's theme song. Whether he does a good job yeah. or bad. The, the, the it, sad thing is, is that if, if, no, if Dab would have gotten fired last year abruptly, <laughs> then he never would have been able to redeem his legacy. Much like Gamble. We never have to retire the gambleized right Ever. because it's always that's how it ended yeah it's how it ended Gambleized. she could never redeem herself so dab is we may have to we might we, no. have to retire this uh, song no. We, we'll, no. we'll give it a send-off at the end of the year oh man because if he it, fixes this season as fantastic we're gonna have to retire the song at the end during the year-end review and then we'll if have he a fucks send-off. it up with 14 we bring it back <laughs> we'll bring- oh yeah it's yeah it can come back it's oh, like no. every other character in the I- other dimension. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, hey, we made another dimension. Let's just bring all these characters back. Oh, man. Right? We yeah. laugh, but you're right. I know. I know. <laughs> it's like Bobby. The song can, will never die. Just keep bringing it back. Yep. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> What's that? We want Bobby back again? Trap niggas in the bowl. 
Trap niggas on the stove. Doo doo. Trap niggas worldwide. Doo doo. Power no eyes. Dabbing going in the dictionary. Burn Sega just like Mary Mary. The bricks got wood. Good. All right. Sorry. I apologize for inwards if you guys don't like that stuff. <laughs> but you didn't it, say it, it wasn't right the song. Yeah, but it's still rap. Some people may not like. Oh, for, I'm on. just trying to be politically correct on no, this show. No, not politically correct. Respectful, Fair respectful enough. to people who don't tune in not to listen me. to to listen to the top ten hip hop charts <laughs> <laughs> about dab. All right, so moving on to the second half of this episode mm. was the first breadcrumb in the backdoor pilot for Wayward Sisters, starting with. Missouri, Missouri Mosley and Patience, her granddaughter. Mm. This was a great example of Baron's ability to do dual narratives throughout the show. Yeah, exa- exactly, Thomas, because look how long we've talked. Over an hour right. on a fraction of his script. Yep. That's how that good. That should explain enough right there. That's how good he is. And the fact that Missouri Mosley came back, I know it was a huge thing for fans i know a lot of people were excited about that i personally was excited about I'm that. Not, i'm not gonna lie i <laughs> when i saw it because like, i started i watched the episode on saturday morning i, I waited and that immediately after it popped up I, I sent a message into the into the group that we you know we have the group chat yeah and i was like holy crap like good episode good episode like even eat five minutes in and i was like gee this answers something that we brought up you know just recently too yeah yeah, yeah. And it was nice to see her return because I I did really like her character. She yep. had that mysticism behind her. She had the connection to John Winchester. The idea that she had so much knowledge about stuff beyond what we were, you know, privy to in yeah. season one. And then she didn't show up again. And there was a lot of discussion that they may have been because of Ellen and Joe and Ash as characters showing up in season two. But it really did feel like a shame that she was gone for so long, which they do explain away that she got out of the life for a bit and she wanted nothing to do with it. Totally mm. makes sense because how many people have tried that and it just drags them back in? That's Dean's story with seasons five and six. You know? I just know that all I all I want to do, Thomas, mm. is I have to get a hold of her dermatologist because she has an age today. Right. I mean, how does she look the fucking same? <laughs> yeah, dude, 12 well, years That doesn't later. make any fucking Tw- sense. Like 12, 13 years later, and she looks the same. I have more gray hairs from last year <laughs> I have more gray, now. I have more gray hairs on my small sack. <laughs> small sack? Your small sack? Yes. As oh, opposed right. to your large sack. Wait, you have two sacks? Well, you know, I am so confused. Large intestine, small intestine, large balls, small balls. Oh, you guys don't have that? Sure, dude. Sure. Yeah, whatever you yeah. say. You guys don't? No, he, I he don't. He's a doctor. My God. Yeah, we, dude, we um, might need help. I'm mutated. <laughs> He's a mutant. Jack called out to me and brought me back wrong. <laughs> You're right. No, she hasn't aged a day. And it is it is nice to see her return. But again, it was spoilers. It was so fucking short. Ten minutes. It was yeah. incredibly short. A couple of scenes. And she's gone. Yeah. And this is something we've talked about. I was a little about. bummed about that. I was I was upset. I'm not going to lie. That was the biggest disappointment it, it for me just... <laughs> because she was such a fun character and seeing her interactions with Dean felt like she hadn't missed a day, felt like she had been part of the set for 12 years that immediately reading him and, and being sorry for his recent losses and all the stuff he had gone through the way she's this like commanding grandmother figure to Sam and Dean at this time, like Kim Rhodes is the surrogate mother slash yeah. almost friend. Well, that one makes peer sense. at this point. Hot, hot mother. Hot, hot mother, hot milf, mother. <laughs> uh, peer at this time. But Missouri Mosley really was the, oh. you go to grandma's house, you do what she says. Yeah. Smack, yo. 
Yeah. Smack your ass. Exactly. Yeah. It worked so well with her being gone for <laughs> a decade. She reminded me of the Oracle in, in the Matrix. Oh, yeah. Dude, that's that, like, that was the, that's what I always thought about yeah. it. I but, like it. Yeah. I, I love the character, but she's gone immediately. Just wasted. Yeah. Wasted. It really was. 10 wasted. years and then. And that's what, that's the question that I have for Dab and the team because he has done. A, he he has gone through the playbook. I mean, like, all right, where was the last time we left this element? The cult season five. All right, we're going to come back to that. Yeah, you he's know, the fix it man and fixed things or or tied up loose ends. The alpha, the cult, bringing back and quickly shutting the door on the princes of hell. The now Missouri Mosley, the Thule were closed off. There's so many things that he's just slamming the door I, on. I think just, I think that's his mission. That he it's a self it's a self imposed mission to. To say, hey, I'm going to close out a lot of these loose ends. And when you're dealing with a show that's been going on for 12, you know, moving on to 13 years, you're going to have these types of loose ends, especially when you take a look at Absolutely. Carver's run during oh God, season yeah. 8 through 11. He was good at a lot of things, but he also throw a lot of, threw a lot of things at the wall. And, and he never, never came back. And he never went back. And now here we have... Um, Dab trying to clean up a lot of those loose ends. And this specifically is one tied to Kripke, which I... Don't I think I can honestly say that Kripke doesn't have a whole lot of loose ends. There's not much left. His five seasons are pretty damn tidy There's for the a most few, part, but not many. Yeah, and Mosley is definitely one of those those ones that are very bright. Those loose ends that definitely shine. Yeah, because as we discussed in our Patreon show, I mean, it was set up. It was set up like she was going to be the Bobby. A major element. Like yeah. she could have been the Bobby, the one who taught John Winchester the life. The yes. one that, that she that, did. She's our perspective, our insight into the into the how the world operates. She could have, in a lot of ways, extended the season in a different way by utilizing her rather than Bobby and continuing the the um the direction that the journal took the boys. So she could have been that writing gimmick that so many writers want to have in the writing room that you can just branch off so many different stories because this character is just made so perfectly that you can usually you can literally utilize her to start any storyline you wish to and maybe that's the reason why they decided to tuck her away maybe she became too much she's a character that just knows too much and we're dealing with the very first season where we shouldn't know this much we need to have that mystery. And the fact that she was in the know, it might have handicapped uh, the writers a bit too much, as well as giving Sam and Dean a little too much insight into what's out there. And then, of course, by way of the audience, us just knowing way too much as well through them, I should say. So who knows, man? However, I, I agree that I think they. I think they probably should have. Uh, Pulled back on getting rid of her so fast. Yeah. And the thing is, when I think back to even Kripke's run, you know, we had the other psychic who lost her eyes looking at Castiel, Pamela. You remember her? Oh, yeah, I do. That, why was that not M Missouri Mosley? You know, why <laughs> did she not come back into play as a psychic to the show maybe at the, that time? Maybe the actress was doing something. I mean, it, we it don't know. It may have been something as simple well, as that. We do know. That is what it is. Yeah. Like, I think she got, she, a, she got a job. I think Grey's Anatomy. I think she was uh, for a little bit. Some yeah. bullshit show. And it's unfortunate because it With a is a fat paycheck, I'm sure. Yeah, huge paycheck. <laughs> uh see WB wages at the time or ABC wages. Yeah, so. Um ABC please for yeah. five million. Yeah. But it is a shame because there was so much potential there with her connection to John and with the fact that 
Dab is bringing back things and closing the door on them. In some ways, that's good. But at, at the same time, I feel like this was one of those ones, especially with Wayward Sisters coming up, that could have been left open further for more story to be told. And there is rumor about that, that Missouri Mosley's character, while she may be dead, is not in fact finished. And there will be this Obi-Wan-esque return, which I could see simply due to that. There was a whole big scene with that medallion thing that she said, I'll always be with you. Yeah. And I could easily see some kind of Horcrux element or some kind of Obi-Wan ghost element. You know, where she, a part of her is tied Did to he that. Did you just call her a whore? Well, yeah, that was what did you I say? said. I said she's a bad guy. He said horcrux. Oh, I was like, I thought you was whore. What a whore. And I, I saw... like how your brain switched off a of whore. Like, there's whores here? Where? <laughs> Point me in the right what? direction. I need to know. <laughs> Get my dollar bills ready. <laughs> I have 50 cents. <laughs> yeah. I think there's there has to be more to that item going into the spinoff show as well for her. For that to have gotten such an important scene, it wasn't. It couldn't have just been to tell us the background about how she, her, her grandmother and her father had a falling out. Yeah, there's more to it. There's more. Yeah, to that. there's way more. So there, there is some evidence to lead to that assumption. I, I mean, I feel like that's a little weak eh. for supernatural to nah. have. T- depends on how they do it. If they have like some kind of fucking ghost, you got to remember up, that just because we like Missouri Mosley doesn't mean the story's about her. Yeah, this she, is true. She, she was used as a way to bridge what we know to another character that's going to be important down the road. And when you look at it with the, through those set of eyes, then you can kind of see what they were doing. They were trying to lay the groundwork down for the character that's going to be relevant down the road. Whether or not she's truly coming back, she's dead, oh. she's alive. I don't think that's really matters at this point it does suck that she died within the opening 10 minutes however it wasn't just a wasted death it it was no it was used for the story it was used to help develop the new character that's going to matter not only in the in the backdoor pilot but also in upcoming episodes of supernatural as well well it's it's smart too to link her to patients because of the fact that we can see just how powerful missouri mosley really is and for her to be to, powerful. Yeah, exactly. And for her to be as powerful as she is, then it, 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 it deflects onto patients where if she does something that might seem a little bit more, you know, like advanced, it's like, oh, she comes from lineage. Like, yeah. it makes sense yeah. for them to do that. Yeah, absolutely does. And, and it, it does use work. an established character to right. have a little bit of that pull on the heartstrings immediately without it being. Yep. Because that was one thing that Bloodlines did was the death of a character we never knew didn't have the same impact on us. We are automatically more intrinsically tied to patients due to the death of a character we all cared for, or at least liked in some capacity. I don't think anybody has something about Missouri Mosley that, oh, it was a terrible character. Yeah, nobody, yeah, yeah, never. And patience really was the focus of this episode. Her and Kim Rhodes setting up the wayward sisters. And it was interesting to see somebody who wasn't privy to the supernatural life not knowing that they have powers kind of have have that almost x-men-esque we're showing up and talking to your parents and it's something that they hid from them recruitment yeah. element i i kind of liked that a little bit but with patience as a character what did you guys think about her i, I actually mean, liked her dude I, I i you know typically like new characters i'm i give them 
you know, a little bit of time before I go, oh, you know, I, I like this character, you know, like, like same thing with Jack, two to three episodes. I was like, okay, this, I like this character. Um, but I, I didn't have a problem with her. I thought they did a good job with establishing her, um, as a character, as a, yeah. I mean, t- to be completely honest and showing us that they, they used, they used the visions correctly where it was like, I can s- it shocked you. And then it was like, Oh, that was just a vision. And I think that was, it's a very important way to show us that character. Um, for example, like the, the one where she's tied up and she sees the whole entire scene unfold, mm-hmm. you know? And I'm like, Oh, this is, you know, this, you know, the dad's going to die. We all know that's going to happen. Yeah. There and, has to be tragedy. Yeah. Right? Be ha- tragedy. Right. How, or why does she join wayward sisters? And then Joni gets killed and I'm like, uh, and then, and then Wait, uh, Jody got killed. The, the yeah, flashback the fla- premonition. It, oh in the, yeah, yeah, in her, yeah, yeah, in her uh, yeah. vision. And I'm like, what? And then Dean got killed. I'm like, uh, what the fuck? And yeah. then I was like, oh, got it. So they did a really good job of of convincing me on the character, which they did not do any of in Bloodlines. Yeah. Right. So no, I really did like the character. I thought she was. It's it's a good start for her. I guess would be the right way to describe it. Mike, how did you feel about Patience as a character? As a character that we know we're going to learn more about, I think it's a good start. I think she's likable, which is very important. She needs to be someone that the audience can root for and cheer for. She was a capable actor. Um, And um, I feel like she had a very – I think she had a much better introduction, and I'm only going to make this comparison because it makes sense to the discussion. I think she's a a more likable character than uh, Claire. Yeah. And I like Claire. I'm not one of the Claire haters. Yeah. I I actually like and I can see the potential in Claire's character. However, this is a very different character, which in retrospect, when you look at what they're trying to do with Wayward Sisters, I feel like it's going to be a good balance to the show. You have a Claire type and you have a um, Patience type. And I think it's going to work. Different personalities is going to it's what's going to kind of mm-hmm. push that show forward. Right. I for me with patience, I liked a lot about her. I thought you're absolutely right, Mike. I think she is very likable, which is a huge thing that you need to have for a spin-off character, especially one of your lead characters. And I think I'm not as much of a hater as as you, Ryan, when it comes to Claire, but I am not necessarily a Claire fan. And I thought patience yeah. was far more enjoyable to watch than Claire. And just a much more enjoyable person. Yeah, yeah. She... And it was nice to have a perspective going into this world. From somebody who kind of had their shit together because so much of Supernatural is your your life's a mess and then it gets worse and then you start hunting and drinking at age 17. <laughs> like, yeah, that's patience, pretty much the- even Kevin, you know, his life went to hell very, very quickly. Yeah. Patience seems to kind of have more of her shit together. So I did like seeing the perspective of being thrown into this life because you. You think you're normal, but you're not, which I love that. She's like, I'm normal. I'm like, that's the Supernatural phrase. I have a normal life. No, uh, not for long, you don't. Once you utter those words, you're screwed. I liked where they set her up. I did have one mild complaint, and I think that's because it is the very first episode. There it's is, also, it's you. So it mostly, it's because it's me. Yeah. But I think there are plenty of opportunities moving forward because we know they're going to be throughout this season leading yeah. up to the midseason premiere. But she did feel 
perfect. Like she's too good. She's attractive. She's a star athlete. She's a genius in chemistry, taking five AP classes. She's a better hand to hand combat fighter against the Wraith who snuck up on her than arguably Jody was. And I had a hard time buying that. They've introduced a a lot of characters like that, though. I mean, you literally take away the female aspect and you literally just described Kevin. He had no fighting skills. <laughs> is he until a, a Barry eight. Sue? Is that what you call him? I know you're Mary about to Sue. call her. I know, but is, so Kevin a Barry Sue? Like, like you know what I mean? That's kind a Gary of Sue. A, a Gary a Sue. Gary yeah. Sue. <laughs> but Ke- but here's the thing: Kevin is scared. Oh, he is not a hunter. He is not athletic throughout season seven. It's not until the beginning of season eight that we see more of that from him. For me, patience was too good right off the bat, 10 across the board. And as somebody, and I think anybody who's gone through high school, nobody is that good at everything. You never saw me in high school. 18. Okay. I I get where you're coming from. That's my only thing. But I think given some time with more episodes, so I'm not going to make a judgment call just yet, she will be better in that regard. Okay. Now to rebuttal you. Okay. And to rebuttal others that I've seen on Facebook say the exact same thing as you. Because you're not alone. This is one piece of a puzzle. Claire is not the lead of the upcoming show. So for her to be the opposing opposite of others in an ensemble cast works. She may be that character, the perfect person, the 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 one who's has good grades, the one who has her life put together, all the things you how you described her. But then we have the balance of the other members of the Wayward Sisters cast. So when you look at it as that, you got to remember when you're dealing with an ensemble cast, you're dealing with halves of characters that make up an entire character that tells the story. You're not dealing with one character that has to pull the weight of an entire show. Now, if she was the lead of Wayward Sisters, then I could see the problem with how she was set up. However, we don't know what they have in store for Wayward Sisters. And I have a feeling there's going to be growing pains in this show. And I don't mean that as a negative. I mean that's going to be some of the things we explore. We're dealing with young women who are maturing and growing and dealing with a different type of life than they're used to. I think you're going to see these people grow and mature into different individuals, much like we witnessed Sam and Dean grow and mature into different individuals as well. I understand that. And I, I do think that moving forward, there will be that, that will be an element seeing her change and go through this element of, I have psychic powers. What the fuck? And dealing with new people, somebody, especially like Claire, who is a much of the Terrible. antithesis yeah. oh, come of on. what patience is <laughs> when it comes to grades and paying attention to the par- parental figures in her life. My issue is that she was, we, we don't know where it's going yet. So that does give her time. But even Sam and Dean, when we first meet them, are flawed. Sam is this, you know, smart kid going to college, but he has a dark past and he does not have a good relationship with his family. But you're not you're not listening just, to what I just said, Thomas. Like you're describing two characters that are lead characters of a show. If you have each character dealing with the same psychological issues that make them all the same, like Sam and Dean, you're going to have five characters leading a show that are identical. I mean, just so you guys know. No, I know, but I, I wanted to see some weakness in her character so that I know where she'll be moving moving forward. Now, again, that's my stipulation to this. This is only the first episode I've ever seen her in, so I'm not making that judgment call just yet. I am concerned if that doesn't become a major part to her and she is just this perfect 
surrogate audience character that we see the life in Jody's house and what if, see these what if other she characters. is the good side of the show why is that That's a problem boring, then she's not the focus of the show you're not understanding writing an ensemble but, but cast we don't when know what dealing, that's going to look like yet. when you look at shows like game of thrones okay right every character is very different with very different issues yes they're not all struggling with the same things this character does struggle with her sense of identity if that ends up being her issue being normal which for me that's what they were setting up she wishes to be normal normal is her problem she doesn't want to be a freak she doesn't want to be a weirdo that's her issue and if they continue to use that then that's probably what's going to set her apart from someone who's like claire who's kind of wore that being different as a badge of honor Right. Someone like Alex who's accepted this way of life, who understands what it is to be an orphan Weird. of a vampire family. So you're having these opposites. You got to remember we're, this episode was is one piece to a larger puzzle. We're going to be given the additional puzzle pieces to finish this puzzle in another show. So you can't really base her character development on this one episode. Just so you guys know, if it's a guy, it's a Gary Stew. Oh, is it really? Yeah, I looked it up. There you go. Hmm. I, I, and that's what I'm saying. Like Yoda's I, I agree <laughs> with what you're saying. This is the first piece to an ensemble cast. I'm just expressing my concern that from what we've seen so far, which is just the tip of the iceberg, they need to bring some of that in. And I think they did start to get there with the whole, I want to be normal. I don't want to have these powers. What is that decision she's going to make? Is she going to, I mean, we know she's going to join up with Jody and those characters moving forward. So that could be her emotional arc. She's had her life perfect essentially so far she's been the good grades she's been the ace student she's been the star athlete she's always had things kind of work out for her and now she's been thrown a curveball so moving forward that could and should absolutely be where she goes i'm just concerned with what they gave us so far if they don't make those careful plays while having this ensemble cast she will become the cyclops the boring character of the team that's that's my only concern <laughs> she's the she's the scott summers of the team the scott summers that's yeah that's up that's we'll, a low blow. But I think that Robert Barron's See, being you just, set up. Cyclops is, is just, you're just don't, it's misunderstood. You don't even understand Cyclops. <laughs> See, you just want people with, with a bunch of issues and problems. And sometimes everyone can be Wolverine. Problems. Sometimes, okay. sometimes, yes, he wants a brooding character. He wants Wolverine. He wants a house full of Wolverine. And S Scott Summers, you want to talk about him? Compare him to patients? Okay, they are very similar. That was a great comparison. But Scott Summers also suffers from a lot of things when you look at what his development is the fact that he can't show his true face he can't look upon life with his own eyes and fear he's gonna kill somebody you don't think patience is may struggle with the exact same thing you're not listening to she's my entire point she's is afraid, that I'm afraid of her power you're my entire point is not that they'll fuck it up entirely and this is already ruined that there is the chance if they don't do it right but i think with robert barons being the lead writer so far as we know moving into this I have a lot of faith in him because he's done such a good job with the characters of Supernatural up until this point, and I don't feel like we have any real reason to worry. It depends on where they take the characters moving Why forward. Why do you got to hate on Scott Summers? <laughs> I see we have a closet Cyclops fan. I know, here. right? I don't know if that's closet anymore. I mean, everyone likes Wolverine. No, and I just, I just, I just feel like I had this discussion with my brother the other day. 
And yes, I love gray area characters. I love characters that are struggle. I love it. But also, we have gone so far off the the road in terms of classic characters now. Everybody wants gray characters. Nobody can just be good anymore because the go-to is to have characters who are brooding and emotionally struggling. And believe me, I love that. I love that stuff. But when we're dealing with a potential ensemble cast like Wayward Sisters... I'm okay with the character that may be the uplifting character, the different, the balance to Claire's brooding. We know Claire's going to be a brooder. We know that what's her face, um, Alex. Alex struggles with other issues. So if she's that balance and she ends up being the bright side of things, good. It could work. I think too, too many TVs want to ponder on the doom and gloom. I do agree with that. There is too much negativity. Everyone's miserable in every show we watch these days. There's no good and bad anymore, which again, I like the I like the great characters, but that doesn't mean every show has to have those have, yeah, those great all characters. Great characters, yeah, and that might be what they're trying to do with the ensemble, where you have Claire's one end of the spectrum, Patience is the other, and Alex is in the middle, and they kind of have to learn mm. how to interact with each other under Jody's wing. Which I I liked her. I mean, somebody's put it on Reddit almost Nick Fury esque style God, where she's like if you ever need i'm i'm starting the wayward sisters initiative yeah it was like it was like <laughs> here's 18. my card it was yeah. 18 like yeah. hannibal smith yeah i like <laughs> that if you're I ain't getting no plane if you ever in trouble and you need some help <laughs> i love it man and just this is kind of feeds into our discussion that we had last year with jody yeah. and the uh what part one of the season finale i mean jody has evolved throughout the years her arc is so great and to see what Carver started and what Dab is continuing with her character and how they're making her just something totally different than what she was but something very realistic when you put it into perspective to the life that she has lived and the people she is choosing to be around it would make sense that you would become this person this world weathered individual who's very capable and you can see it not just in and of course, the character and the writing, but also in her performance. She's just cool as fuck. She's calm. It's just, she is just a different person. And it's just, it's awesome to witness this birth or this growth, the birth and the growth since season five. Right. And she has become this whole new character, which I, I like seeing her. And I really liked seeing her relationship with Dean in this episode. It wasn't a whole lot of direct interactions between them, but I liked that. There is this respect, this this mother son, this peer mindset, but also that she. There's a lot of hit. touching. <laughs> no, no, I mean in a good way. There's a lot of. <laughs> no, there's there's a lot of what's affirmations. Is that what it is? He's giving him like like for example when he wanted to inf interfere with the parenting of Claire's little father. Right. And he got mad when they oh, patience is uh, not patience um, when he questioned the fact that uh, Mosley's Mosley's son just hung up on him. Yeah, just hung up on her. and He got all upset about it. Right. And it makes sense for Dean to get upset for you. Just ignore your mother and yeah. just like, dude, now she's dead. Good, like, it, Good it, fucking job. Yeah, it makes Good a job, lot dick. of sense for him to get angry about that. And just little things that the writers do. And of course, Robert Singer as a director, having them do in the background like you just saw. Uh, Kim Rhodes' character, she Jody, she just touches his hand like, and, and, and says, hey, hey, this isn't your place right now. Yeah. Like, just relax. I understand where you're coming from with the death of your mother and all that. It's just little things like that. And I think that's the beautiful thing about actors working together and being so close in the chemistry is little things like that that make the director's it makes more job. Real. 
that much easier. It makes the director's job easier. It makes it feel more real. And I did like that. But I also like that she stood up to his different views. He is very much the it all sucks. Don't bother. You're only going to get hurt. There's only pain. And she comes from it talking to patients directly. There is another side. Don't just listen to him and don't just listen to your dad. Be be an individual and have that thought on your own. And what do you want to do? Yeah. It's so good. It's it's a nice level of respect between these two mm-hmm. characters because he didn't get mad at no. Jody for going against what he just told her to do. They they respect each other. And I liked seeing that because there aren't a lot of relationships that aren't directly involved in the romantic side between yeah. a, a male and a female character to have that. There's no bit. romance there. No. God. No. Damn it, Mike. Is that Gene? <laughs> would that be Gene, that ship? Or would that Jody be Jody and Gene, I think works. Gene, Either way, Doty for sure. Jike, I, I like see- it's Jike. Jike, because I'm, I'm shipping her with me. <laughs> Jody and Jesus. Mike. I Jike. thought that was a good Jike. I like that. That was good to see that yeah, different dynamic. Not you, you're, you're disgusting and selfish. <laughs> Jike. <laughs> All right, so let's move into our final thoughts. We've been talking about this episode for a long ass time. Yeah, Ryan, I'm coming to you first. What did you think? Um, I really I like this episode. I um I think obviously if we are making you know calling a backdoor pilot or a semi backdoor pilot, eh. uh, you know whatever you want to call it. I mean, it, an introduction to semi backdoor tease. Yeah, there, that's typically <laughs> what? what I do. That's typically my. Don't steal my maneuvers, Thomas. That's typically you, you, my penis. Yeah. <laughs> You know, yeah, like you gotta, just the you tip. Gotta, you gotta feel things out first. Is yeah. that something they want? Just the tip, Penis. you tease, and then you go right in there. <laughs> Penis. All right, we get it. I said penis. Jesus. You betcha. <laughs> um, no, I. <laughs> stupid. Um, I, I, I think that it was it was a good start to a character. Um, they didn't give us a ton, but they definitely gave us enough to go. Okay, this is intriguing. Um. I loved, 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 and I think you said it earlier, dude, the the Dean and Sam scenes interacting with each other, discussing about Jack were amazing. Um, probably the best acting in the entire episode. Um, I think I, I'm loving the parallel between the two, and, and it's getting back to, you know, I know we didn't want conflict between the brothers, and there was a time period where we were like, oh, God, you know, like, can this end? Because yeah. it got really stale. This is a different kind of conflict. It's, it's a not, different it's not kind. hiding. It, things exactly it's having it's it out in the up front, open it's being yeah. up front with each other and i yes. think that's something that we're not really used to with the brothers it's good though yeah it is good i i do enjoy it and i'm 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 glad we got to see those scenes in this episode um you know that the wraith I, I thought looked cool i mean i mean obviously those scenes were we've seen them before but they still did a good job with the um the terror know, the terror the the look in the mirror and seeing that fucked up face um, I definitely I dug that. Uh, this is a solid episode. I mean, we've gone, you know, A plus, A plus, and, and I'm going to give this one an A. It was definitely it wasn't a plus, um, but it definitely it definitely was no bloodlines. Let's be completely honest. Oh, and Jesus. I have a I have a very good Just feeling. Save that for the actual backdoor pilot. Well, that's what I'm saying. I have a very <laughs> let, let me finish. Jesus, no. <sighs> I let you guys finish before I say a stupid joke. I came in like a wrecking <laughs> ball. Um. <laughs> No, I, I think I have a very good feeling that, that the actual backdoor pilot, whenever we do get, I think it's the mid-season finale or the mid-season, whenever, whenever it is, it's one of those two, the mid-season finale or, or the premiere, um, I think we're going to get a good episode. And I think it's going to be something that pertains to what's going on, but it also makes sense for the Wayward Sisters. And I'm, I'm excited. So this was an A for me. 
Um, not a plus, but definitely oh. a good episode. All right. All right, Mike, what about you? What are your final thoughts on this? Um, patience? I'll, I'll keep so. it very, very short because we, I think most people kind of get the idea of our thoughts on this week's yeah. episode. I feel like this writing was very well thought out. And I know some people had some issues, but I don't think those issues are with the writing. Okay. In terms of writing, they had it, it had it all. It had ethical questions, philosophical questions. Right. Ideologies. Ideologies. And the opposing ideologies of Sam and Dean, I mean, being brought to the front, I just thought was such a great way to change up the show a bit. We haven't seen anything quite like that. We've seen a lot of arguments between the brothers. But something dealing with this that's so important and vital to the events that are that's just around the corner in this show. Something directly connected to the myth arc. We've had standalone episodes where they discuss things and they argue about what they should and shouldn't do. But something like this that could have massive repercussions if they don't take action or even if they do take action. It's just it's so well thought out. I love when there's true meaning, not just the overt meaning, the things that we see. But when you Mm -hmm. have to really analyze what the story is really about and what they're saying. Um, there's social messages there dealing with social political issues that's going on in our in our very culture to this day. Also, just to bring us down, I know you guys are going to groan, but also the. Um, I'm trying to look for the right word here to say this correctly, but I, I also liked how they didn't refrain from telling true to life stories, but e- even the the monster of the week and the way they chose to tell the story um, they didn't just distract us from the main myth arc. The fact that they used a monster of the week to dig in fast to get the story rolling. They used a familiar because there's a danger. You you run up you you run the risk of changing up your format too much. If you were to think about what they're trying to do, everything they're trying to do in one episode, it can go horribly wrong. This is this is a show that can be a procedural. This is a show that can also be a serial. This isn't a show that can deviate so far and set up a a, um, a spinoff unless it's the actual backdoor pilot. So you're running the risk of having a lot of conflicting stories and setting up things that can really work against each other. And the fact that they were able to mesh things, these things together, there was a synergy there as they were trying to bring these two stories together and set up the others. The rape allegory uh, worked to sell the fear and the danger from the psychological perspective. Uh, when you're dealing with the wraith, the wraith, I mean, it was very much there, the dominating factor. I yeah. like when they use and utilize real things like that to sell the fear because it makes it more real. Um, I mean, he's penetrating them. Yeah. He's dominating uh. them. It, it, it's, it's just a great way to tell stories. It makes it real to life. Um, I had problems with the directing and the editing. I think that's the only thing. The writing was spot on. I feel like there were some weird moments with the editing, and I can't really figure out if it's the directing or the editing. There was something off during yeah. a few scenes, specifically towards the end, that felt weird. Yeah. And a part of, I think, I want to say that it's not the directing. I want to say it's the editing choices. There was something off. But other than that, it's a very solid episode, and, and it did a lot for the mythos of, of Sam and Dean. And what to expect later down the road. So I'd give it a B. All right. Uh, for me, I absolutely loved the Sam Dean and Jack elements. I, as Ryan said, I thought that was the best acting in the episode. 
And as we went into at length, I think the fact that we are able to ask these morally complex, morally ambiguous questions on the show after 13 years is a testament to how good the ideas are. Because ideology is something that there is no real right or wrong. And for so long, Supernatural has had a, these are clearly the good guys, these are clearly the bad guys, except for a few, few small instances. That's been pretty much the mantra since season seven. So to have this come back into play makes me excited. It makes me interested to watch. It makes me interested to see what are the stories we're going to tell with this. Is there a right? Is there a wrong? Or is this something that we all have to make up for ourselves? Right. Is that what it is to be human? Is that what Jack is trying to discover himself? So from that element, I loved it. Uh, the first breadcrumb towards a new series, a spinoff series, I thought it was a good setup. I did express my concerns for the character of Patience with how good she is at everything. But then again, it's too early to tell because she's one, as Mike said, she's one piece of the puzzle. I I loved Sam and Dean's writing element, and I thought they did a great job with the parallel narrative structure. I was never really bored, but I do agree to the point that you just made, Mike. The editing or the directing, I'm not certain which one. I think probably the editing more. Oh, so you had the same problem. Felt off because it and, – and some of the – that was the one weakness in the writing was the end of the episode's flashbacks. We get this entire – sequence of everything that will happen that patience is foreseeing mm -hmm. and then we cut into a kind of choppy almost rushed here's that scene you literally just saw and here it plays out somewhere different it didn't feel necessary it felt almost insulting to my intelligence because i just saw it and then the fighting there was something about it it where it felt a little off or i couldn't get a clear grasp on the timeline where everybody was located in that little dungeon bunker that the wraith had just something about it didn't mesh with me but i i thought it was a pretty good setup and i thought the sam and dean stuff would have was the great element that could have catapulted it had it not had some of those other things dragging it back just a little bit so for me this episode's a b as well i enjoyed it it was a good episode but it wasn't stellar or outstanding like the previous ones we've had or like we've had at the end of season 12 so for me it's a b moving forward all right so with that guys that's going to do it here for us at supernatural the crossroads but to remember if you have not yet done so if you pledge to patreon and become a subscriber you will to the quarterly gift tier is that correct you get access to the additional video casts of supernatural mm. where well, we no get, that's not it <laughs> no I'm, there's more to that it's okay. the live stuff on the facebook page correct yes yes i'm getting there well, it was a question mark a minute ago. I you didn't sure. say anything, so I assumed I was right and started to move forward. And then <laughs> That's you what Thomas it. does. He assumes. <laughs> I assumed I was right. Assuming Thomas. Oh, another one. If you hit the quarterly tier, not only will you get the additional episodes of Supernatural the Crossroad on videocast, but you also get access to a super secret, not so much anymore, Facebook page where you guys can live watch us record the episodes which we are about to go into right now. We are going to be talking about what we call the Bobby Initiative, where the character is at canonically within Supernatural, not alternate universe Bobby, but where's the character that we know of from season one all the way through season 10, really, is where we last saw that character. So if you guys are interested in any of that, head on over to patreon.com slash Digital, Pledge, get all that additional stuff, as well as gifts. We give you things like shirts that we stuff. always come up with. 
Yeah, I just we came like up with eight designs we come up with every episode. Either way, guys, thank you for listening. Thank you for being fans, and we will see you all next week. You little maggot. You are no longer a part of this story. Hey, ass butt. Coming in November is the Crossroads Wayward Sisters edition. Find out the latest breaking news and speculation surrounding the newly announced spinoff series. Available exclusively to our Patreon subscribers. Pledge $5 or more a month and gain access to this, plus hours of additional content. Head over to patreon.com slash Digital to pledge. She rides.